Newsbreak podcast. But yes, to my very special guest today, and let's say a very warm welcome to Kapil Narayan. Hello, Kapil. Good day, Suresh, to you and uh, to your listeners, and uh, happy Eid Mubarak uh, to, to all celebrating. Yeah, I know. I can't wait for Eid tomorrow. But uh, Kapil, it's, it's, you know, congratulations firstly. And let me tell you about this great achievement by Kapil has been. Um, Kapil, of course, like I told you, he's from UKZN. He's the final year medical student there. And he's just been appointed as the chair of the FAMSA uh, COVID-19 Technical Working Group. Now, FAMSA is a Federation for African Medical Students Association. Congratulations, Kapil. Or should I be calling you Dr. Narayan? I'm, I'm not yet qualified, so uh, <laughs> but <laughs> thank you so much uh, for your kind words. Yes. Tell me about it, Kapil. What is this sort of, uh, you know, technical working group now? What is it going to be doing and what's your role in it? All right. So just to start with the beginning. So uh, you've, as you rightly explained, FAMSA is a, it's essentially a, a representative body of African medical students. And uh, right now, there's uh, approximately over 8,000 students represented in over 30 countries in all regions uh, of, of, of Africa. And essentially, this body, um, you know, was established for quite some time, since 1968. And it has uh, been recognized by the African Union and the World Health Organization as the official representative body of, of medical students in, in, in Africa. Um, and this body has uh, decided, uh, you know, uh, with the with the pandemic early this year, to develop a technical uh, working group, which is essentially a, a a a like sort of task force or a group of uh, individuals who really have a strong uh, leadership and academic uh, emphasis towards uh, doing various areas of, of initiatives and activities um, throughout the continent where youth are are leading that movement. So, so I did apply uh, for this position um, uh, quite uh, about a month and a half ago or so, and uh, was informed uh, that I was fortunate to be uh, selected as, as the chair of this uh, committee. So, in terms of uh, being the chair, uh, the duty uh, duties uh, that I have is to often uh, chair discussions, the leading um, various uh, discussions on on how we can be involved. Um, discussing uh, various uh, initiatives, uh, public health initiatives, awareness campaigns um, with, with, with various uh, stakeholders, as well as keeping up to date with the, the latest uh, research in that. We, we've just begun... Uh, yeah, and I want to ask about that. I mean, I, I know you've, you, you're just about to commence, commence your work, but you know, at this point, have you come up with some sort of focus areas in terms of what this working group wants to be you know, focusing energy on in terms of this contribution to the fight against COVID-19? Yes. So um, as, a, as a committee, we, we have met, and I'm, I, I may just add that the committee is quite a diverse group of, of young people uh, from uh, 15 different countries, uh, uh, and with, with, with equal gender representation. And essentially, we've come up with looking at three main areas of uh, inter- intervention. Uh, one, looking at research, where students, uh, you know, come up with a daily, daily uh, review of the latest uh, work, and this gets compiled into a weekly bulletin uh, containing sources, uh, you know, from the top medical journals, from WHO, from the African Union. So essentially, we would be summarizing uh, data 
that, that the latest data that has come out and disseminating this to students. And we have already done two editions of that. Um, the other aspect is to look for students to engage in local research, whether it's via opinion pieces, uh, whether it's conducting uh, you know, proper research with their universities uh, or academics that are based at hospitals. Um, the, the second campaign is to do more of an awareness, uh, a public health uh, campaign. And we know that here there's a huge issue in many, many communities uh, you know, about fake news. Um, that, that, that goes around. So we really have uh, attempted to, to, to look at that and how we can bust these myths uh, that particularly are shared, you know, on, on social media, uh, WhatsApp, Facebook, you know, these, these, a lot of, a lot of times this information that you sometimes see is not verified. So we aim to put out posters through that on, uh, online as well as find a way to communicate these messages, especially some of the, ridiculous myths uh, that, that have been going on about, uh, you know, testing kits that have been fake or, uh, you, you know, vac- certain vaccines causing issues and all of that. So we aim to really go against and bust those fake myths. Um, you know, uh, also- Kapil, as you're talking, the only thing just beeping through my head like a siren is hydroxychloroquine, 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 <laughs> because there's such a global debate on it right now. And this is, you know, I mean, dare I say... Um, stems from a point of um, you know populist information or even fake news you know there's no uh, from what we understand there's no scientific data to say that this is needed to fight COVID-19 but you have some very influential people taking it so I want to ask you how important is it for this young voice you know um, the, the, the new generation of medical professionals now to really be active in this kind of research and then disseminate it to ensure that you tackle fake news because it's really been a major challenge with the COVID-19 narrative. Yes, uh, I you know, completely agree with what, what you've said there. And uh, just a small point on hydroxychloroquine, uh, you know, they, you, the, the small, there have been some small studies that have been uh, conducted and uh, a, a recent trial as well published uh, illustrated that uh, or, or suggests you know, that, that hydroxychloroquine has, has no benefit and may, in fact, be detrimental, uh, although we're still waiting for more data. But the point being that you have, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, even presidents of, of some of these countries stating, uh, you know, that they're taking it when there is no compelling evidence for that. Now, I think, uh, you know, it's so critical that youth are involved in, in, in research because, as we have often seen on, on, on many interviews, and there's a lot of senior, well-established scientists, but, you know, all of these capacity building, all of this uh, engaging in research skills and ensuring that youth develop that at, a, at an early age so that in future we can start being leaders of, of, of research. It's, it's key to start developing the skills, especially considering that we are in the medical field. And, uh, you know, as studying, you come across a lot of data, a lot of information, and you need to uh, have these, uh, you know, uh, these, 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 uh, you need to have a keen sense of how to analyze data, how to read data to ensure that what you are confronted with is actually, uh, you know, the correct information. So it's critical that as, as young doctors, as upcoming doctors, 
and anyone else, in, in, particularly in the health field, that we do keep abreast with that information and we, we you know, we, we are aware of how to verify information. I think yeah, I want to talk a bit more about that, Kapil, but first, uh, you know, in terms of that technical working group uh, of FAMSA, um, what sort of, um, I think, buy-in do you have? I'm asking about, you know, affiliation. I know you mentioned a lot of organization, World Health Organization, AU, a uh, lot of interaction there. I know you've, you've, you know, been very fortunate to be in the United States and um, I, th- I think you did uh, have interaction with the uh, World Health Organization at a point. But my, my, my point is, I think it was Geneva you were in, right? Yes, that, yeah. that's correct. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but the point I want to make is, um, you know, in terms of within this local context now, I mean, you know, are you interacting with the Department of Health? Are you interacting with other sorts of research firms and think tanks? You know, what sort of partnerships are you creating with a lot of these organizations like the NICD, for example, who make decisions, who actually roll out initiatives and implement uh, strategies based on research? What sort of buy-in? That, that, that's a great point. So as a committee, uh, we, we have discussed a, a plan, and part of that plan is to start working with the departments of health in various countries. Um, as of yet, we're still uh, you know, finalizing that before we start engaging in these discussions. So we have not yet contacted uh, those respective organizations. However, um, we, we did have consultation uh, with the African Youth Envoy, and we are serving on the AU's uh, you know, African Youth Front, which aims to essentially pass by ideas to us of various policies and uh, request our implementation um, advice as such. Uh, but, you know, as, as uh, within the next month or so, we are aiming to establish connection with uh, various departments of health and these other health bodies because, um, you know, with anything, it, it's not uh, viable to just go on your own. Collaboration is, is the best, as we've seen with previous, uh, you know, health outbreaks and pandemics. Mm. Well, we're talking to Kapil Narayan. He's a final year medical student and he was just been appointed as the chair of uh, the Federation of African Medical Students Association, their technical working group. Great to have you on the conversation today, Kapil. Uh, let's talk about, um, you know, I'm picking up from what you spoke about, you know, but youth getting involved and, and, and taking that narrative forward. Um, so, you know, we've been privy to um, modeling symposium that was held this week and some quite, um, you know, serious pronouncements coming through, estimating that there could be three million South Africans who are infected with the virus uh, by the end of the year, possible death toll of 40,000 by the end of the year for South Africa. And of course, this is based on research, this is based on modeling. Um, You have this, you know, right now, while you're on air, you have the opportunity to talk to people about how important it is to understand that guidelines, um, restrictions, regulations, pronouncements, how essential that is for South Africa to flatten the curve, as has been the common, uh, you know, tag. What would you say to people listening to you right now on how best to abide by whatever is coming through from reliable health sources in order to ensure that South Africa doesn't get to 3 million cases by the end of the year? Yes, that's a, that's a great question. So uh, I also did attend the modeling session, and I just want to make a point to say that as being a, a model, there's a lot of assumptions of various variables. So the data that has been shown 
is plausible. However, it really depends on our actions as a person, as a community, as a as a nation. You know, um, so 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 this so it's it's so vital that we do adhere to uh, you know non uh, uh, pharmaceutical intervention. And this I'm talking about refers to us, you know, keeping physical distance. Uh, we need to keep two meters away, you know, when going out in public, when going out to shops. And this is where you especially see it happening. People waiting in queues that are literally, you know, within 10 centimeters away from this, this bunching all over, um, you know, and, and that's, that's simply put how the virus uh, spreads. It spreads if people gather. It spreads if people don't uh, keep themselves distant from one another. So my plea to everyone there is to please, Please be distant. Keep keep physical distancing, and 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 I want to emphasize the the, the term as well that the World Health Organization has stated. It, it, it's physical distancing, not necessarily social distancing, which has been used, uh, you know, in many media platforms. Because whilst we are physically distant, uh, we can still keep communication via phone calls, via social media. Uh, you know, we can still be engaged with one another, but we must just be. Uh, uh, ensure that our, uh, we, we maintain that distance. And especially we, we, we note that to those individuals out there or, or groups of people who are still gathering quietly and, and believe that they may be fooling the, the police or so, they're only fooling themselves because, you know, they're exposing themselves to the virus and they have the potential then to, to acquire it and transmit it to other people. So, so I really, really do plead that uh, everyone keeps that physical distance. Uh, the, the, the other important aspect is, of course, of hand hygiene. You know, washing your hands for more than 20 seconds with, with hot water and, uh, and soap or uh, using sanitizer that has been uh, approved, you know, in terms of having more than 65% alcohol content. Uh, and, and obviously, everyone should uh, wear their mask when, when, when going out. Uh, and with mask wearing, there's a lot of... Uh, Regulations on on how uh, uh, how one should how, how one should wear those masks. Uh, you shouldn't touch it, uh, you know. Touch the mask and then touch other parts of your face. Uh, you need you need to wash that mask when you get home. So so all you know all the etiquette of wearing masks. Yeah. It's yeah. one thing to wear a mask, but uh, you need to know how to wear it correctly and appropriately. Mm-hmm. Well, that was the chair of FAMSA's COVID-19 technical working group there, Mr. Kapil Narayan, joining us today. So great to speak with you and uh, taking into account that this is just possibly the first step of your work here. I look forward to staying in touch with you about um, a lot more research initiatives that you've got going on. Thank you so much, Suresh, for having me and for Lotus for providing the platform. Yeah, and all the best on the work that you do. Look forward to following it closely. News break. Lotus FM, powered by SABC News.